Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The Crisis Next Door, a weekly report on the biggest conflicts around the world with host Jason Brooks. Thanks for listening to The Crisis Next Door. I'm Jason Brooks. I don't know about you, but I never imagined seeing Confederate flags inside the nation's capital. But rioters supporting President Trump's calls to protest the election of Joe Biden did what Robert E. Lee never was able to do. The disturbing images will forever be part of America's tattered tapestry. But where do we go from here? Joining the crisis next door is Colin Clark, senior research fellow with the Sufan Center and a fellow with the International Center for Counterterrorism in The Hague. Colin, welcome back to the crisis next door. Thanks for having me. Colin, we've talked several times on the podcast about the threat of far-right groups in the U.S., and unfortunately, it appears your warnings are proving correct. Has Trump opened Pandora's box? Yeah, not only has he opened it, he's he's been opening it for, for the last four years. Um, you know, I've, I've been sounding the alarm bell along with others. I, I wrote a piece for, uh, for Brookings and another for Foreign Policy with Daniel Byman in the lead-up to the election. I had another piece in the L.A. Times at the end of November. Uh, and I was called an alarmist by some. They're saying, look at you, you think the sky is falling. It's just rhetoric. What's wrong with you? Stop, you know, uh, you know, stop, uh, you know, being so extreme. And, you know, to, to anyone that studies political violence, the outcome was preordained. This was clear what was going to happen. And Trump has never rejected the support of these groups, continuing even on Wednesday to call his violent supporters special. How critical is that for fueling that mob rage and inspiring other actors? Yeah, I mean, even in a moment of national crisis, you can't rely on the president to do the right thing. He has, at every single turn, done the wrong thing. He's incited violence. He's deliberately destroyed the social fabric of this country. It was stunning to see the ease of the mob take over the Capitol. Why were Capitol security forces so unprepared and what does that say about the country's law enforcement as a whole when it comes to dealing with far-right groups? We saw armed protesters standing in front of Michigan State Capitol building last year. Why are they getting away with demonstrations like this when other groups face much harsher crackdowns? No, well, I mean, it's obvious, right? I mean, this is clearly a racial issue. Um, had those been Black Lives Matter protesters, as we saw this summer, you know, we had stormtroopers out guarding the Capitol then. Uh, you know, or had it been any kind of Muslim group, um, we all know that, you know, what happened yesterday would not have happened with any kind of minority group. That that goes uh, without saying. However, to see the Capitol Police so woefully unprepared, and there's video online not only of showing them unprepared, but showing them abetting the action. 
opening the gate and letting the mob actually keep keep going toward the capital. So I think there's a major reckoning, a major reckoning that that has to happen uh, for for those involved. Here, here's one thing I want to focus on, though. You know, a lot of the the media clips will look at the QAnon people and all these bizarre characters who came out of the woodwork to participate in this you know blight on our country's history. But we need to hold those accountable at the top. The people in Congress who abetted this, the president, if we don't enforce the rule of law now, when will we? How would a domestic terrorism bill play into this? That's something we don't have. How important is that in getting the ball rolling on cracking down on these groups? Well, I mean, it's it's really simple. And I think, uh, you know, I'll be honest, I think too much of the debate now is over terminology. And are these domestic terrorists? Are they not? To me, they're clearly insurrectionists. They're clearly seditionists. They're trying to prevent the peaceful transfer of power uh, and and subvert our democracy. There's no other way to say it. Uh, but I do think, and I've argued this, you know, in, in, in the media and in print, uh, that we do need desperately some kind of domestic terrorism statute and legislation, if for no other reason than to give law enforcement and the authorities the tools and resources they need to start, you know, breaking up some of these violent groups that operate on U.S. soil. Colin, is this just the beginning of a cycle of political violence in the U.S.? What are these groups going to do next? Yeah, no question. I wouldn't even call them groups. I think this is more of a decentralized movement. It's a large umbrella of, you know, everybody from white supremacists and neo-Nazis on one side of the spectrum to uh, anti-government extremists to anti-vaxxers, conspiracy theorists. And then I think just, you know, uh, people that uh, like, you know, destruction, right? They just want to go out there and watch watch the world burn. Um, you know, on the, on the more serious end of that spectrum are what we would call accelerationists who are actively trying to promote civil war. Um, but I think we're, you know, and I wrote this in a, in a piece for the LA Times again in late November, we're heading toward a place where we can expect um, these types of acts of violence. I don't think anything is streamed as storming the Capitol, uh, but, but acts of violence perpetrated by uh, far-right extremists to unfold regularly over the next four years. The president has laid the groundwork for that uh, by attempting to delegitimize the, the Biden administration. And I, and I fear that we are going to reach a point like we have with school shootings where they just become quotidian. We read about, you know, uh, four people shot in Tennessee, and we read about it on page A17 of the New York Times because, frankly, it's just not that big of a deal in the broader news cycle because it happens so frequently. Uh, and it's really uh, a depressing sentiment to, to recognize that we've become incredibly callous to the loss of life uh, and, and to gun violence in this country. And we may be heading down that same path with respect to domestic terrorism. Do you see this far-right decentralized movement provoking the left as well, looking to capitalize on retaliation, maybe infiltrating peaceful protest on the left or even the right for that matter? Well, I think, you know, this, there's a concept of reciprocal radicalization, right? And one side kind of responds to the other. Um, again, think about what Antifa stands for. It's anti-fascist. As we have more fascists, and we clearly have a lot, we're going to have more anti-fascists. So uh, I think we're in for more uh, political violence as a whole across the spectrum, including left-wing violence, um, although Antifa has served as a, a pretty useful boogeyman for a lot on the right that want to downplay violence perpetrated by far-right extremists. We even see members of Congress, including Matt Gates, making blatantly uh, false claims that, oh, that was Antifa, it's a false flag. Uh, it's become so hackneyed and well-worn that it's, easy, it's, it's as easy to predict 
uh, as the response to what happens when we have a mass shooting, which is thoughts and prayers. Uh, you know, now's not the time to talk about guns, rinse and repeat, or let's move on. Facebook announced it's blocking Trump for at least the rest of his term, but we've already seen his followers leaving Facebook and Twitter for right-wing social media sites like Parler. A couple of things. What responsibility do Facebook and Twitter take for the spread of conspiracy theories and the ability for these groups to connect? And do their bans even matter with new social media sites catering to the far right? Well, those are, those are two different questions. One, I think the bans do matter um, because, you know, Facebook and Twitter, these are far more, uh, you know, broad platforms. They're more mainstream. And so forcing people onto Parler and Gab and into the margins, it's not going to make the problem go away. Um, but it's going to give them, uh, it's going to kind of isolate them and marginalize them a little bit more. You know, for everybody uh, giving Facebook a pat on the back today for the action they took, uh, to me it's too little too late, right? You don't get to be the hero when you come in at the 11th hour and do something that you should have done a long time ago. Uh, Facebook and, and, and Twitter and a lot of these other social media platforms have served as a venue to mainstream disinformation and conspiracy theories. And words matter. That's part of the reason we got to where we are today. Colin, Germany is often used as an example as a nation that's clamped down on extremism, yet neo-Nazis still exist in the country. Is it wishful thinking to wonder if those groups and racist ideologies will ever go away? Uh, Probably. It's probably unrealistic to think that we're ever going to um, eliminate racism and and hatred and uh, violence based on politics or, or ideology. But the, the, I've never looked at it that way. I look at it as how do we mitigate, right? Uh, how do we push this to where it belongs, which is the extreme end of, of the spectrum? How do we really marginalize? How do we make this um, what it is, which is, you know, beyond the pale? But in fact, we've seen the needle moving in the other direction. We've seen these ideas uh, mainstreamed, right? I mean, just look at some of the clothes and signs on individuals that were present in the Capitol yesterday. One guy had a Camp Auschwitz shirt on. We saw other people holding signs uh, indicating six million wasn't enough, uh, you know, in reference to the Holocaust. So uh, these people exist in American society. They're emboldened and they're emboldened largely because of the actions of the president of the United States. Colin, the president says there will be an orderly transition of power. Do you believe him or do you think he's going to leave the White House kicking and screaming? I mean, it's a bit too late to call for an orderly transition of power. We had the chance and we blew it, right? Uh, what does he mean? Starting today? Uh, I, I don't know. I think it. You know, it's time for the 25th Amendment. I've seen enough. I don't think the national security of this country uh, can stand another two weeks of having this complete fool in charge. It, it, it's abhorrent. I think you said it well right there. Psychological trauma for the entire nation right now. Colin, thank you so much for joining us again here on The Crisis Next Door. Thanks for having me. We've been joined by Colin Clark, Senior Research Fellow with the Sufan Center and a Fellow with the International Center for Counterterrorism in The Hague. Thanks for listening to The Crisis Next Door. I'm Jason Brooks. Till next time. The Crisis Next Door with host Jason Brooks is produced weekly. If you have any thoughts for Jason, email him at tcndpodcast at kcbsradio.com. Again, that's tcndpodcast at kcbsradio.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 